motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guest today, Chris Swale. Chris is a certified life coach and health coach and NLP practitioner. She helps women who feel overwhelmed and stuck feel confident and capable so they can live happier, less stressed lives. Chris is a mom to three young kids and understands the struggle and demands of motherhood and how it can feel hard to manage one's time and own needs. She found coaching and never looked back. Thank you so much for joining me, Chris. Thank you so much for having me here. Now, I wanted to start out by asking you about your motherhood and work juggle and what that looks like with your three kiddos <laughs> and then also running your coaching business. And maybe if you could share some strategies that help you feel more in control of your time and your life with all that you have going on. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, where to start? It's it, it's also been a bit different because of the way the, the world we've been living in. You know, we're coming out of the pandemic. It's, you know, so life has been a, looked a lot different, including and maybe especially trying to balance mother or juggle motherhood and children. You know, where I am, our kids were not in school most of the time of the past 15 months. And so I've had three kids 10 and under at home and I've been trying to balance their remote schooling with working and in my field it's very human connected it's one-on-one so it it, it was definitely a struggle and I, I had to make some choices and I had to change the way I did things including with my kids schooling was really challenging for one of them in particular and so I chose to stop the fight and we reduced the amount of that he was going to do online because it wasn't working for him. It really made me aware that I needed to make my decisions based on what was best for us as a family and not just based on what the school expected, what I was expecting for myself and from him. So yeah, we just, we had to just adapt and we tried things. If they worked, we kept with it. If they didn't, we tried something else. And and it was okay to just to accept that it was going to look a little different this time around, right? And so, so that's what it looked like during the pandemic with a lot of trial and error in processes and, and what we could do and what was keeping our family more peaceful and what was not. And before that, though, it was similar, but, you know, I, it was a bit more structured because I knew I had a set amount of hours while the kids were in school. It wasn't a full day, but I did what I could in, the, in that time and it felt more manageable. So it was such a learning experience though about myself, about others, about community and expectations and, and just really becoming more aware of 
<laughs> choosing what works for you and not no one else really. <laughs> I mean for your family but and it doesn't matter what another family is doing well, I think that's such great advice because I think it's so easy to kind of be looking in other people's grocery carts like I do at Costco all the time <laughs> and seeing what great ideas they have and what they found that I haven't noticed before but it's so important to just really look inwards and and think about what's going to work best for us and and especially this past year, it was just mm -hmm. a year like no other. It's so important to be mindful of what's going to work best for each of us and our own families. And that can be letting certain things go or focusing our time and attention on, on the things that are really important for us and are going to help our family be the best that they can. Now, mm -hmm. there, there are many joys mm -hmm. and many challenges that come with being a mom, motherhood, is truly, I always refer to it as an adventure because I never quite know what the day is going to bring or what's going to happen. <laughs> so what would you say has been the biggest challenge that you've overcome as a mother? That's a really good one. I love this question. I think, I think it sort of goes back to what I was just talking about in that, again, I need to pick what works for me as a mother. And I remember the early days, you know, you, you, you want to have all the things and be that mom that volunteers at school and bakes the best cake for the parties and, and put your kids in all the sports. And it was just about letting go again of these expectations that I don't really know where they came from, but I think sometimes we grow up and they become ingrained in us, whether it's our upbringing or society or a combination of both. And we hold ourselves to a really high standard. And then there can be a lot of negative self-talk or self-shaming if we feel like we're not measuring. And so it was, I think that was the biggest challenge. You don't have to be super mom. And then even further, further beyond that, I kind of realized I am super mom in my own capacity. And that again, looks different than it would look for you and for my best friend, right? It's it's just being okay with my own mess and the way the way that my family works best. And and I think that was hard because I don't know if you felt this, but it can feel like there's a lot of judgment in motherhood sometimes. And so that probably compiles. And just being able to let go of that and dial down on what really matters for me, I think that was the biggest really was the biggest challenge for me to overcome is being okay with how I need to be as a mother. I think especially early on when everything's so new, it's easy to kind of have this idea, I think, of what we mm -hmm. should be doing as moms. Yeah. And, and when it doesn't work out exactly as we feel it should for whatever <laughs> reason. And some of and some of those judgments are things people actually say, or some of them are things other people are thinking or saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I definitely over time have been better at letting those things go too. But in the beginning, I really had a tough time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, it can be very hard, very hard. <laughs> now I love learning more about people's stories and what brought them to where they are now. And I know you've done a variety of different things in terms of your jobs over the years. And I'm wondering how your motherhood and work juggle has evolved over time and what 
led you to become a life and health coach? You're right. It's, it is definitely a journey. I've done so many things as everybody has, I imagine, in their, in their course. And what happened for me is a little bit twofold, part circumstance and part my own desires. Just over a decade ago, I was actually in a a very bad car accident and it essentially stopped my uh, nine to five desk career because I couldn't sit at a computer full time any longer. And this was right before I had kids though. And it was really hard. It was such a big piece of my identity. I, I worked a lot of hours. I was really good at what I did. And so there was a big struggle for me to figure out who I was when I couldn't do what I had always done. And that And then I had children shortly after that, but that struggle, that identity struggle, I guess it was compounded because I think also mothers, that that transition into motherhood can also be a little bit of an identity crisis in some, or an identity shift, but sometimes it feels like a crisis when all of a sudden you don't really understand who you are as a mother now in this new role. And so I didn't know who I was there and I didn't know who I was in terms of working anymore. And so I spent a few years, I think, pretending and lying to myself that I was happy and that it was enough, that everything was enough. But I wasn't satisfied not working. I, I definitely wanted to spend a lot of time with my kids, but I, I I wanted the balance. I wanted to, I didn't want to be full-time at work, but I also wanted to be able to be a bit more hands-on with them as they grew up. And so and I've always loved helping people. And I, I tried so many different things. I tried opening a baby store, a consignment for organic and high-end boutique baby clothes and toddler clothes, which was great. It was a really great, cool experience. And I got trained as a Barnes director. And I, I, I was just trying to figure out something that I could do that felt meaningful. And that felt like I really, I was in it, connected and it felt authentic just how I really wanted to show up. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. And then I think I started spiraling a little bit and I started, I just stumbled upon life coaching and I started reading, reading some books and listening to a podcast, a couple podcasts. And I started applying the tips and techniques in the, in the podcast. And I started seeing real results in my life and pretty quickly that I became so obsessed and had to binge listen to all these podcasts that had been released a couple of years prior. And I knew I wanted to do it. So I decided to get trained and because I thought, oh my God, I am feeling so much better and so much happier and purposeful, less stressed. I, I need to help other women find the same path too. And not for them necessarily to become a life coach, but with the tips and techniques. And, and I felt all of a sudden really driven to help other women apply these same things in their lives so that they also could experience a less stressed, a happier life, a life where they feel more in control. And so it just felt like such an obvious and natural fit for me. And that's how I landed here. And what would you say when you were learning about these different strategies and techniques, was there one that kind of stands out to you that it was particularly effective or it was one of the things that you kind of tried in the early days and you were really impressed with the impact that the positive impact that it had for you. Great question. It's so hard to pick. There's so many little strategies and I I think it's really dependent on what an individual needs at that one time. And I think what I needed was to understand that I am in control of my thoughts and my feelings. And that was such a cool concept when 
I first heard it explained that sometimes we can feel really out of control with our emotions and that so-and-so did this to me and made me feel this way. And it can feel like that. But the reality is that we always get to choose how we show up, including how we feel. And it can be an internal battle to try to change our thinking if it's negative about a situation or a person, but we can do it. And, and I think it was just that ownership piece and where I stopped feeling like a victim and I stopped feeling that I was out of control. And again, it didn't mean it was easy, but I, I understood it was that like, aha, that light bulb where I understood that I have more control than I was letting myself think. Sometimes it's just, yeah, that reframing or that concept Mm -hmm. or idea that really resonates with us. And we think just a minute, I could totally apply that. And that would be super helpful for me. Now I'm curious too, I know not everybody might be familiar with a life and health coach. So Mm -hmm. for someone looking to better understand that role, what does working with you look like? And what are some of the areas that you would dive into and things that you would provide your clients with support with? Yeah, absolutely. So a health coach and a life coach, they're technically two different things, but I'm trained in both because when I was researching, there's so much crossover between the two. So I thought, oh, I may as well get to put in both. Um, so with a health coach, that is, somebody may come to me if they wanted to lose weight, if they wanted to reduce drinking or stop smoking or incorporate exercise. If they really felt like they needed a healthier lifestyle, and like usually in terms of diet. And, and so I listen to them and I find out what their goal is, and then we create a plan to get them there. And life coaching is very similar as well. And, and it's a lot more mindset and we usually start with a conversation and in that conversation it's really interesting because a lot of times people come to me and either don't know what the issue is they just don't feel satisfied or they don't feel fulfilled <laughs> i was so all over that word and so we have a conversation and during the conversation we find th- little things get drawn out and there's these little aha moments and once we start pulling those things out then then my client can start to put these thoughts and feelings on paper or in a, however it works for them in, in a place that they can kind of order and sort or manage their thoughts and, and feelings and then really find out what's going on for them. And so sometimes they come to me with a goal in mind. I mean, it could also be something like I want to change careers. It can be something very definitive, but sometimes it's very vague. And we just kind of get to the root of the problem by having conversations and I try to draw that out by just asking questions and really trying to dive down and di- um, dive down to what the real issue is. And once we get there, you know, my clients find they make so much progress because they learn so much about themselves and about how their brain works, about their thinking patterns, their behavioral patterns, and then they can really start to figure out what it is that's ma- that matters to them, their values. And then we create a plan for how they can incorporate that into their lives as a daily thing. We, we make habits, like we talk about habits a lot and try not to, we try not to talk about it in a boring way because I don't have it because it's so boring, but habits are essentially what humans do most of the day. So many, you know, you brush your teeth, you don't think about it. It's just a habit you put on your socks. The way you do that is, is a habit and habits are useful because they, they help your brain not use as much brain power. 
And, and that can be a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing when it's not a good habit. <laughs> and we can unconsciously and just automatically default to bad behavior as well, including thinking patterns. And those thinking patterns are what holds people back in life a lot. You know, that negative self-shaming or that like, I can't do it or so-and-so can do it because of this, but I could never do it and comparing. And, and so we just really explore what's going on and it's individual to every person. It's really a unique practice. And so it's a very personal thing. And when people are really open to doing the work, they get so much out of it. And it's it's just been such an incredible journey. And I'm so honored to be part of people's journey when when I see them make that deep dive in the in the progress towards the towards the happier life for themselves. Now, do you find that there are any sort of common themes with the women that you work with? Definitely. I think one of the biggest themes I work with, I work with women primarily mostly mothers, but not all are mothers. A lot of the women I work with are also sort of about to move into that stage if they choose to have kids. And so there's a big confidence piece. And I think that goes back to what I was um, speaking about before about how when you jump into motherhood, and this can also actually happen when you change jobs or change your career, maybe you work full-time and go part-time, that it's an identity shift and that can be trickier to navigate than we think. Or, or we're almost dismissive about it. We don't realize that it's an identity shift. And so that can become unsettling and that can help us feel stuck. And so a lot of the women I work with are feeling really stuck in life. They they feel like they're watching everybody else do all these things and, and they, they're they just staying where they are and, and not finding out how they can go after their goals. Or because of the mom card, there's a lot of guilt around trying to go after their own goals. And so a lot of the work I do is with moms and helping them go after the goals without the mom guilt because it's possible. And so that would be a big piece. I think it's just understanding who they are and what they want from life and then understanding how to go get it. I think that is definitely a common theme. (laughs) (laughs) Having, Having been on this mom journey for a little while now that, yeah, that's so resonates with me. Now, I was curious too, just before we move onto the next set of questions that I have here, but what is an NLP practitioner? So it's neuro-linguistic programming. It's about the individual programming of your brain or each person's brain. So people can be audio, primarily think and um, talk and relate in audio, in visual, or in kinesthetic. And so it's about learning how your brain works, or in my case, understanding when I speak to somebody, which of those modalities they're in, if they're an audio, a visual or a kinesthetic person. And then I can, I can use that knowledge to help create better rapport with them, first of all, but also to structure activities or exercises and pick the right tools that will work better for their modality, for the way that they do think. And so it just, it really just enhances my life coaching practice because I'm not trying to make somebody who doesn't like writing, write a journal. You know what I mean? <laughs> I get to I get to sort of feel that out a lot faster. And I think I can more easily hone in on the types of exercises and strategies that will help best help them. It really speaks to my teacher hat because that's always when I'm working with my student teachers and in the work that I've done as a teacher myself, I'm always thinking, 
how can I convey this information or how can I work with my students or encourage my student teachers to think about all the different ways that people learn and so that Mm -hmm. they can get as much out of that learning experience as possible. Because if you're just standing at the front of the classroom and talking and you don't have any visuals and nobody is actively participating, you're not going to be effective in conveying that message or helping your students learn as you would if you were using visuals or having them be actively engaged because you need to think about all the different ways. So yes, I love that. And that very much resonates with me. Yeah. And you said, you said the keyword, it's the actively engage, right? And, and that's, yeah, as a teacher, you, you want your message to actively be engaging. And same thing when I'm working with a client is that if I'm not actively engaging with them and their brain patterns and the way that they operate, then I'm not going to be very effective as a coach for them. (laughs) Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. And it's just knowing everybody's different. So that Mm -hmm. I love that you have that additional piece to what you do. And I'm glad I asked because I did not know what NLP practitioner stood for. So (laughs) and I have a few rapid fire questions for you, because a big part of my philosophy and approach as a mom is big borrow steel. So I literally am the person who's snooping in other people's carts at Costco. And I love asking for ideas from other moms or when other moms or people share things with me, I love it. And at first it kind of felt a little bit, you know, sometimes people have that unsolicited advice, Yes. but I kind of say I could take it or leave it. So I, you know, someone might have a great idea and then I think, no, that won't really fit for me. Right. Same thing as when I'm like peeking in the grocery carts. Ooh, like I'm going to get that next time, but not those other things. So okay, you're giving yourself the choice, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I would love to, I would love to pick your brain because, mm-hmm. um, busy nights, what's your family's or one of your family's favorite go-to meals? So we have two. I can't decide. Yeah. Two can't come. So we either do breakfast for dinner because it's so good. And that could be anything. It could be egg, cereal, French toast, pancakes. And everybody's happy. So it just keeps it very peaceful and things moving, especially if we need to get out. But the other one that I'd say we equally go to is what we call the plowman. I open the fridge and I pull out whatever is in there. And so I'll and I'll make a giant spread, like a board. It doesn't take long. It sounds it sounds like it might sound like it does, but it doesn't. Literally just open a, a bag of baby carrots and pour them on a cutting board and then chop up some cucumber, hard boiled eggs, some deli meat, tomatoes, just cheese, whatever it is that we have. And we just put it in the middle and then everybody just takes what they want. And it's, it's healthy and they're happy because again, I'm not forcing them to eat some meat and potatoes dinner that they don't usually like to eat. But, and and what, is, what do you call that again? I love that. That's so fun. What a great idea. See, I'm stealing your ideas. (laughs) And it's easy and not no stress. Yeah. And And your food doesn't go in your fridge. Right? It's a good way to clean out the fridge and make sure things don't go to waste. So it's a win-win. I love that. (laughs) And what would be a favorite family game or activity? So indoors, we, my kids are really into the board game Risk. So we've been playing that a lot lately, as well as Pictionary, which we introduced them to. The outdoors, we're, we've gotten into family biking, which is so fun. Now that my youngest, she's five, almost six, and she can ride a bike quite well now. So it's, it's been game changing. And so now we can do family bike rides. And so that would be our, our go-to family outdoor activity. 
That sounds super fun. Yeah, it is a game changer when they can be on that big bike. It just mm-hmm. changes things so much. Yeah. And I'm also wondering what is a book, podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed mm-hmm. recently? And if you have one of each, you're welcome to share as well. Ooh, that's a great question. I don't watch a lot of TV, I'm not going to lie. But I will say that I fell into the, is it Bridget? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's really nice because I don't watch TV very much except for to watch the Raptors. And it was it was just fun to watch something that wasn't educational because I think I've I've really dove in, especially I've just been reading a lot of learning material. And that was great for my brain. It just allowed me to relax, which I really needed to do, especially in the last 15 months when I felt like really constricted or restricted. Um, so I think that comes to mind right away. And books, I'm so hard because I bounce around so much. My my library is full of books, but you've probably heard this on like Becoming by Michelle Obama, of course. Any of those kinds of genre of books, I'm all over. You can easily find me with five of them on the go at once. <laughs> I have that happen too. Yeah, I sort of start one and then I start another and I, yes, yeah. No, I totally yeah. get that. And I actually haven't read Becoming by Michelle Obama, but it's one that oh. is on my list. Usually in the summer, I have more time to read. So Same. that, yeah, that's going to be one that I need to check out. And I, I find just sometimes during the school year, especially this year, I tend to have time to read at bedtime, but then I don't get many pages in before I fall asleep. So. <laughs> and then Same. I don't remember what I actually read because I was so tired. So yeah. Yeah. Same. So I'm hoping by the time this airs, I will have finished the book. Okay. Yes. <laughs> then we can talk about it. <laughs> and in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have a mommy mess up that you'd be willing to share with us. So a mistake, something you wished you had done differently, but ultimately I like to think of it as a learning opportunity. I think one that makes you feel vulnerable, but I will share is that I am a pretty happy person. I love to laugh and I laugh easily, but I also go from zero to a hundred pretty quickly. I'm not the most patient person, although I am trying to reframe my thoughts around that. And so I sometimes lose my patience on my kids a little bit more and I judge myself and I think that I do it more than other people, but I'm being really conscious about it and I'm not beating myself up when I do it. And I'm also choosing to use those moments as teaching moments with myself and my kids. And I'll, I'll say to them afterwards, I'm sorry, I lost my temper with you. And then we can talk out the situation as well. So I think that instead of just beating myself up over it, I make it a more positive experience. Well, and I think too, it's so nice when our kids can see that human side of us, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm going to mess up, you're going to mess up, but we're going to learn from it. We can talk about it. We can move past it. And we all mm-hmm. have those feelings and emotions. And I think that's so nice because we all are going to, and I know this past year with all the togetherness, as wonderful as it's been, <laughs> it's been hard because it's hard to have that space and time yeah. to kind of breathe <laughs> yeah. at times. And it's so nice to have those conversations with our kids. I think that's lovely. And it, but it yeah. is easy. I know what you're saying to get caught in the oh my goodness, I responded that way. But in that moment, you're feeling all the things and we're just trying to do the best that we can, right? Exactly. In, in that exactly. moment. So. And also teaching, like you you just said it too, it's teaching our kids that we're not perfect. And I think that leads 
to another thing is where a lot of us feel like we have to be perfect, right? And so it's so great that I can show them that, you know, well, mom's not perfect either, so you don't have to be, right? It helps them take responsibility for their own behavior when they do mess up and that it's okay and they can apologize and learn from it as well. And so I'm hoping that will help them not beat themselves up over their mistakes too. I, I think that's a great way to think and to be. I just, yeah, I love that. And I, I found the, when I, when I've been more forgiving and kind to myself and I've sort of followed the strategies that you're using with your, with your kids, it just sort of lowers the emotion for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it just feels better. It just yeah. feels better. <laughs> and before we wrap things up, I'm just wondering if you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for moms who are listening, who might be looking for some inspiration and support with their own mom work juggles. Oh, absolutely. I love this. I think the biggest thing that I try to share with my clients and my friends is choose what matters and don't be afraid to say no to the rest. It's your life and so live within your values and your purpose and just don't worry about, about what everybody else says. Don't worry if it looks messy sometimes because life is messy and that's part of what makes it beautiful. And that's part of how we grow and we learn through our experiences even, and especially when we, when we make mistakes. Just choose what matters to you and to your family. Stay with that, own it, and don't be afraid to say no. Chris, thank you so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and the work that you do, where are the best places to find you? The best place is on Instagram. My handle is this is a little bit better. I have a podcast called a little bit better. And my website is www.alittlebitbetter.ca. Wonderful. I'll make sure to share all that in the show notes. And thank you so much for joining me, Chris. It was so lovely to connect with you. Thank you so much. This has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.